0: The stained glass windows have the strongest symbolic meaning both in terms of their arrangement and the interplay of colored lights that they form. When the sun rises, it is the rose window showing the tree of Jesse that is illuminated to finish up at dusk, giving all prominence to the virgin and child and the 12 apostles. The genealogy of Christ in its purest form. To the north are the characters of the Old Testament who did not know Jesus and are depicted with bluer tones the south, those of the New Testament appear, glowing in warmer hues.
1: Well, hello everybody. Welcome to the These Days podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Dwayne and Ben here. Hello, everybody. Yeah, and we're just glad that you uh, have chosen to check things out. If you're new with us uh, and you like what you hear, we encourage you to go give us a five-star review on uh, iTunes. And uh, I can't ever remember. Do they do those on... Uh... You can do those on
0: Spotify. You can okay. do them, I think, anywhere. Okay,
1: yeah, there you go. And... Uh, and check out our Instagram account at Will Be Going Now, no apostrophe, and uh, the Patreon accounts right there too. Um, and um, you know, Ben, I was thinking about uh, what we're about. We're about. We. we it, some people might categorize us as Christian history. I think maybe that's, yeah, the label they give us or yeah. something like that. In. Uh, on itunes and spotify yeah out there where
0: where where everybody's talking about these days podcasts on the street that's probably what they're saying yeah yeah Yeah. i get what you i do get yeah it's it's a big it's a big big topic of conversation i'm sure yeah cafes uh, and totally totally get
1: it totally yeah yeah but uh you know, really, we're more about. It's more like we're telling the story. It's an ongoing story. I was thinking about that. All these things sort of weave together. These uh, things we talk about, even though we sort of have uh, chronological whiplash back and forth between the first century and the twentieth century, and the eighteenth century, and the fourteenth century. Well, we're going to cover like so, seven centuries yeah. today. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. See, you've been doing those big long stretches. That gives people a chance to kind of catch their breath. In.
0: The other day in okay. my in my uh, my theater lit class, I did seven centuries of English drama in an hour.
1: Oh my. That was a lecture you gave?
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Students We're smoking on the page. Oh, right.
1: Wait a minute. Don't they have computers or something? No, I don't know. That was back in my day you had to write it out. But, uh, yeah, so we're looking back to look forward. We're not not just constantly being stuck in the past, right? I mean, that's why we do the so what's and all that kind of thing. And just thanks very much to all of you who are uh, listening. And thanks for the kind comments from uh, listeners. Uh, I think of one that gave us a comment about... Being the probiotic or something like <laughs> the, that, the the pre-biotic. Theological prebiotic. There you yeah. go. Yeah, thank That's you, good. Kevin. That's good. <laughs> yeah. We of, should put that as our tagline. Yeah, kind of keep things rolling and cleaned out, Oh, <laughs> 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 my Keeps god, your, no, 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 no. no. Keep your mind clean. Clean as a whistle. clean as a whistle. Okay, I'm just going to drop it right there because uh, of uh, anyway. Uh, well, no, he,
0: he called it prebiotic for the soul. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's, uh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, keep keep those uh, handy little comments rolling because I mean we might have to use some more of those. Um, but uh, this is a topic I know absolutely nothing about, Ben, and I'm going to let you just yeah. launch. Well, neither and did I'll, I. I'll have to ask some questions.
0: Neither did I really. Yeah. But right outside, let me just tell the story of why I thought about this. Right outside mm-hmm. my office window. Um, I At can, college, yeah, mm-hmm. I look. Uh, I can look out straight ahead and see across the quad and over towards the clock tower, and it's a really nice little view. I get yeah. I get through the trees there, yeah. and uh, and then to my left, but but it, so it looks like it would be really quiet and peaceful. So I open my window, but then as soon as I open my window, inevitably I hear these grinding gears and hammers nailing oh, yeah. and construction vehicles going back past. Because if I look to my left out my window, there's a big construction zone where they're building a big a-frame chapel
1: it is a huge one
0: and i uh have been learning little bits and bits about this chapel as they're getting ready to start putting up the walls and everything mm-hmm. and uh one and, you know there's the the plans for the garden and the the stonemason who's going to create the irish cross and all this stuff oh they're gonna have a garden
1: then, around her and all that yeah <laughs> it's wow. gonna be
0: quite fancy which mm. will be fun to have right outside the window but right now it's just noisy yeah. and uh and then um there's plans to put in stained glass windows and i thought eh, that's nice because mm-hmm. we don't do stained glass very much anymore and apparently there was a competition in the art department to design these stained glass windows and they got some some cool ideas that are oh really b- yeah that are biblical and and a little bit narnia inspired <laughs> wow <laughs> like uh, not mixing the two but they're just elvin what's, what's so aesthetic. funny about that uh, So, I
1: mean, yeah so this is like homegrown stuff yeah yeah so they're wow, the, I didn't the, know that. the stained
0: glass Project is going to be done on uh, by people there at the university. Wow. So I was thinking about these stained glass windows and what they're going to be like, and I even got to see some of the original drawings that were entered in the contest. And I thought, nice. well, that's interesting that people are—that's st- cool that people are still doing stained glass. I really like stained glass, and I thought about my trip across Spain and especially Leon mm-hmm. Cathedral, which we'll talk about later, has mm-hmm. more Gothic stained glass square footage in it than any other cathedral in the world. Is that right? Yep. It's, I might have it's, to go there. It's an incredible spot. And um, and I started thinking about the history of stained glass. And then I also, I think perhaps I've talked about this before, but I really like this series of um, docu-shows, docu- documentary TV shows, mm-hmm. that the BBC has put out over the years with these three, story, three historians. Um, and the first one was called Victorian Farm and they oh, yes, they live yes. on a farm in the, and they try to farm it like Victorian farmers and I'm, <laughs> it's really fascinating then they did Edwardian farm and and they did um they did wartime farm world war 2 farm and then uh. they did then they did um they also did one uh, where it was like a monastery farm, like from the Middle Ages, the Tudor period, sort of. Hmm. And in that series, one of the characters spends a whole episode learning from a glazier how to do stained glass. Is that right? So it's sort of just percolating in the back of my mind, and I thought, why not just do the history of stained glass? Yeah. So here we are. We're gonna That'd
1: be tra- a fascinating art, actually. Yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna try to just do an overview of the history of stained glass. Okay. Ready for this?
1: Well, I'm I'm, and, I'm buckling in.
0: And we're gonna talk about why stained glass uh, is uh, not just interesting and beautiful to look at, and scientifically interesting, but also uh, why it might be theologically interesting. Ah. Yeah. So... Um, so this
1: is the These Days podcast. Exactly.
0: And why why specifically the church has kind of clung on to, or not clung mm-hmm. on, but like um, has sort of uh, become the center of stained glass art. Mm-hmm. So the stained glass can be traced back to the ancient Romans and Egyptians, both of whom made small objects. With colored gl- of made of colored glass,
1: is that right? I yeah. had no idea. It there are some that
0: stories point. of uh, excavations in like the twentieth and nineteenth twentieth. I think just the twentieth century uh-huh. of like finding Roman artifacts made of colored glass.
1: How how did they get the color in the glass?
0: A lot of it is natural, but we're gonna talk about that in just okay. a minute. Okay, all right. So um, the Romans even began using colored glass in small or partial windows in like hmm. uh, uh, geometrically interesting window frames. They put some some glass in there, but okay. th- these aren't. These aren't images; they're just colored glass. Yes. Okay. So um, the glass itself is made from sand and wood ash or potash, and um, it can be. There's many ways to make the glass once it's melted. Once the sand and potash are melted down, Mm -hmm. but the most common are what we see people do by hand when we're like seeing a a glass artist at the beach or whatever. Mm -hmm. So one is cylinder or muff, which is which is where they blow through a tube. You know, okay, you're blowing yeah, the glass. Yeah, yeah. There's crowned, which is where the it's it's um, poured over sort of a a, a an over oval or a spherical shape of some kind. Okay. Right? So it's crowning that, and then there's rolled, where we've seen we could we also have seen this, I'm sure, where it's the the stuff is put on um, like a graphite or a um, a table that's made of a, of certain elements, and then it's rolled while it's like hot. A rolling pin, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. what kind of rolling pin would they use? I wonder. I don't know. Stone, maybe. But
0: you could you can also just like the most common way is to blow it through a tube, and it cre- can create like sort of a sausage shape, and Uh-oh. then they split one side of that and lay it flat so that it dries like a flat sheet of glass. Okay. Or it cools as a flat sheet of glass, huh. and so coloring the glass then uh, become it's just, so. There's other ways to do that in modern era, the, the blowing of the glass, but in the periods we're talking about, they're doing it all by hand. Mm-hmm. So then, um, coloring the glass. Uh, comes from mixing in powdered minerals into the sand and ash as it's being made, as it's being melted down. Okay. So, for example, if you want blue, you could put in cobalt, sulfur, Ah. copper, or nickel in various degrees. Yeah. If you want red, gold, copper, selenium in various degrees. Yeah. If you want yellow, you could put in titanium, calcium, and get this, uranium. Whoa. (laughs) I know.
1: Like... Like, are there, like, radioactive windows well, it's all the cathedrals of it, The Europe? yellow
0: uranium doesn't let off enough radiation to be in any way harmful. But if you melt it down, it can be carcinogenic.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So mm.
0: <laughs> so this whoa, is the kind whoa. of stuff that's in these gothic It kind of makes you
1: think of when Notre Dame burned or something. Oh, yeah. yeah? I mean,
0: I don't think it got hot enough to melt the glass. Okay. But I don't know. Yeah, I hope not. Um, so so that's you know that's how this stuff is made and it, it's going into the the sort of uh, what we might term the quote unquote dark ages mm-hmm. um, in the in Europe, we start to see some stained glass appear in religious buildings around the seventh century, but it's not again, it's not images mm-hmm. Um, the first actually images that we, the pictorial stained glass, the first ones that we see appear in the late ninth century, and they're really like, is that a person? I think that might be a person. Uh, okay, I'm not, yeah. I can't really tell. <laughs> and then uh, the late tenth century, we really start to see things that we would recognize as that's a pictorial okay. piece of stained glass. Tents, and a window. still, that's pretty. Yeah. you
1: you wouldn't think that they had the technology for that then. Oh yeah, they've been
0: mm. you know working with glass for centuries at that yes. point. So the stained glass is mostly associated with the Gothic, Gothic period of architecture, mm-hmm. which is um, the 12th through 16th centuries. So basically right before the Renaissance and up to the Renaissance. And then we'll see that the Reformation um, and the Renaissance kind of put a, put a damper on the production of stained glass. Mm-hmm. But it was really, really popular before that time, sort of the high and late Middle Ages. Um, and in those periods, so there was a glassmaker... But then there was someone called a glazier. And the glazier was the person who actually made the the colored glass into the window, who who put the piece uh, together. okay. They're sort of the artist. So there was a
1: so glazier meaning like the cutter or something like that. I think that? so,
0: yeah. yeah. So there's like a there's like a there's a glass maker. The glazier is the one assembling the window into its various pictures. And there's there's even another job, a glass painter, who's coming oh. in to do the shadowing and the shading with oh. paint. Oh, yeah,
1: oh, I didn't know there was such so thing.
0: so a glazier um, takes the glass and creates the mosaic pictures and and it's fixed. They take the pieces of glass and they fix it into H shaped. They fix it with H shaped strips of lead called okay. uh, cremes. or cremes, I can't. I don't know how to pronounce uh-huh. it. And um, the the whole piece is fixed into an iron iron frame called an armature, which then can be put into the window frame. Okay. So it's this is high. Uh, Working with lead's not the greatest. Thing I know, either, right? You know. It's this intense, long, long-term process. Um, and then after the window is up, and in spot the uh, the glass might be shaded and detailed with the use of paint, specifically black paint. So hmm. a painter would come in to do all that. Yeah. So these glaziers would be in these studio groups. There'd be a master glazier and then all these apprentices, and they would travel as a group and set up their studio for years at a time nearby, wherever a cathedral was being built. And some, and especially in the 13th century when like the glass making or the stained glass window making was very, very in vogue in cathedrals. Uh, some cathedrals had so many stained glass windows that more than one glazier studio would be working on the same cathedral. Wow. So this is why in certain cathedrals you can see more than one technique in various windows. You can be like that window and that window were clearly made with different Glaziers and wow. different techniques because it's the same because there were so many windows that you might have one studio doing the north wall of the cathedral and another studio doing the south and, wall and what of the
1: would thing. be different about them
0: just di- different techniques of cutting and oh, gotcha. arranging the glass and mm-hmm. all these kinds of things and
1: maybe different shapes
0: yeah so mm-hmm. uh so the yeah they would have they would just you'd, you'd travel with your studio and you would set up camp Wow. For years, next to this cathedral that's being built, ca-
1: kind of like a roving gutter truck that <laughs> kinda, puts yeah. gutters on a building. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so they, they, the glaziers are, are they're part of a guild. So they've got like a glaziers guild, mm. and they're very respected, high, highly patroned artists. And mm-hmm. um, these windows that they're making, most of them depict biblical scenes or saints' lives. In some cases, mm-hmm. also local nature, like flora and fauna. Mm-hmm. Uh, but scenes from the life of Christ are by far the most common. Mm-hmm. So stations of the cross and pictures of, uh, especially if the cathedral is named after a specific uh, um, instance in the life of Jesus, these are going to be really Prevalent in the stained glasses, stained glass windows, and so there's this this um, there's all this biblical imagery and saintly imagery and theological imagery, and the the uh, glaziers are working with clerics to ensure like theological accuracy of these things, Hmm. and in many cases the clerics are going to um, give sketches to the glazier and say this is what you're going to make. Okay. And sometimes these would even be like, you know, the the cathedral might have a painting on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, we want to turn that painting into stained glass, which is more permanent. So okay. we're going to have them like replicate it. So
1: it's sort of like, wow, that's that'd be hard to do. That And sort of like the saints or, uh, yeah. it, you know, if it wasn't a biblical story, it was something like that.
0: Yeah, so you might have a patron who's paying for, a, you know, mm-hmm. a, a saint... I don't know Saint George stained glass window in a cathedral. Mm-hmm. So or this, if
1: you're in the if you're in Saint Peter's, they've got a whole bunch of them about of the popes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So the this is uh, very in vogue during the Gothic period, all the way through the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th centuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a competition who which which city can have the most stained glass in their no cathedral. kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And Leon won.
0: Uh, well, we'll find, we'll, yeah. we'll see. It's a complicated story, but oh, okay. we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Right. And there's this, you look at these, and, and, uh, and there's some symbols and iconography that's similar between them all. Things like halos, right? That's mm, the most mm-hmm. common thing that we see. Like, oh, that person has a halo in that stained glass window. They must be a saint,
1: uh, right? Yes.
0: And so there's this idea, the qu- there's this question, are these windows instructional or devotional? Are these like a pictorial Bible for people? And mm-hmm. that's been like accepted wisdom, But it's actually
1: 500 years before the printing press.
0: Yeah, Yeah. it's been accepted wisdom, but it's actually been kind of disproven in that um, these these windows seem to be very symbolic, yes, but less so um, about a visual code that an illiterate audience would learn to quote unquote read, Mm -hmm. but more about they are um, symbolic, full of symbols, full of biblical narratives. But meant to be devotionally meditated on by members of the congregation. so so you you go to mass mm-hmm. every Sunday or probably multiple times during the week, you go to mass mm-hmm. and you're hearing events from the life of Jesus. yeah so then you're hearing about uh, Je- boy Jesus at the temple mm-hmm. instructing the elders, and then you look to your left and oh. That's what that stained glass window is about. Uh-huh. And so you might go approach it closer after Mass and you see, oh, just oh, look at
1: look at it like a f- famous painting. Yeah, something. like,
0: oh, there's that dove in there. But that's mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit was with Jesus. Oh, like, look at the faces of these people. They're so enraptured by what he says. Am I that enraptured by what he says? So it's this um, part instructional, but meant to be viewed devotionally rather than like, Well, people can't read, so we'll just put it all into a picture. Mm -hmm. Because in large part, the pictures don't make sense if you don't have some of the story, if you don't know some of the text. Right. right. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's another point that's made often by scholars, which is that there there are stained glass historians. Yes, there are. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. 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 uh, That we live in an image-saturated world, but in the (laughs) Middle Ages, in the Gothic period, it's an image-barren world. You don't Mm -hmm. see statues in town squares Oh, is see, that right? You don't see paintings in homes, huh. uh, unless you're very, very wealthy. You might have a tapestry, right? Oh, yes, you might mm-hmm. have one. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't have these images. People are maybe maybe some high class women are doing like embroidery, mm-hmm. but you don't have you don't have images to see. So so the lay people, the the cathedral's open to all. So the lay people, the the common folk, the peasants or or whoever, they go to the cathedral for a high holy day, and they are just inundated with all this imagery and mm-hmm. it's kind of jaw dropping and awe-inspiring and me- meant to overwhelm the spirit with a sense of um, devotion. Mm-hmm. and uh, And this is on purpose. So they're, the, the people, the glaziers, aren't just considering image, like what are the stories, the pictures we're going to tell. Yeah. They're, talk, they're thinking about the use of light. So they're looking at glass going, how much light does this let in? Oh, and what yeah. color of light? Yeah. So that cold open I read about um, the, the people in the Old Testament didn't know Jesus and were done in cooler, bluer tones. Okay. And so like what, what is that, what's the emotional resonance of the kind of light Interesting. coming through? And they're putting the north wall where they're not going to get as much direct sunlight. Mm-hmm. So, what is the emotional resonance of the amount of light coming through? So they're considering
1: this? their audience.
0: So they're considering their audience. They're considering the structure and the location of the cathedral itself. Hmm. They're working with architects to think at which time of day and at which time of year mm-hmm. are these um, uh, image or are these uh, light? Is the light coming through in such and such ways? So there are examples of uh, on Easter morning there are cathedrals that have arranged their Construction so that on Easter morning, a certain like rose window above the altar, or so as an example, will get a direct, um, direct ray of light at whatever hour of day. You know, like mm-hmm. so. There's, there's, they've arranged their cathedrals to to get certain uh, light to go through certain windows on certain holy days. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that so, is amazing. So it's like telling the story of the Bible, but also of the church year. Through wow. the use of light coming through specific wow. windows. Wow, so, they, yeah.
1: They were, they, but they were, uh, what should we say, you know, almost scientists and yeah. weather people who, who would be able to tell you where on any in the spring, summer, and fall when the light was going to be shining through those windows.
0: Yeah, like be able to map out That's crazy. the trajectory of I had the light no over idea. the course of the year. That's amazing. And there's also like... Uh, so there's a functional purpose, right? It, um, in the Leon Cathedral, which we'll talk about in a minute, there's almost no artificial light because there are so many windows, it's not needed. Hmm. Um, so there's a functional reason for the for doing windows rather than paintings, but also there's this idea that... Why,
1: why is there natural life there? Life natural light? Yeah.
0: Because there's so many windows that, that they, don't, they don't have to... Oh, and they're
1: not all stained glass. No, they are stained glass, oh, okay. but there's
0: so there's so much light coming into the ah, cathedral that yes. they don't need much more. Okay, all right. So the uh, the stained glass windows, though, are also as opposed to paintings, are also meant to be sort of this idea of we see through a glass darkly mm-hmm. that there's a world of light, there's a paradise beyond.
1: Uh, that we are
0: simultaneously seeing through the story—that well, is all the
1: theological stuff in there.
0: Yeah. So when I look at a stained glass window, I'm seeing the story, but I'm seeing the light of Christ and the light of heaven shine through it. Hmm. This is like some of the theology behind the mm-hmm. art itself of stained glass. So, um, so this at the end of the Gothic uh-huh. period, the, res, uh, the Renaissance architecture takes over. So and that's
1: about uh, what.
0: That's like mid sixteenth yeah. century, mid yeah. to late sixteenth mm-hmm. century, and um, begins to take over. And uh, and the Protestant Reformation obviously occurs mm-hmm. around this time. And Protestants are famously iconoclastic, tearing uh-huh. down crucifixes, yes. tearing down uh, icons and paintings, mm-hmm. and um, blowing out stained glass windows. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of Protestant trying to Protestants trying to get rid of imagery. From because it's idolatry. Oh, I see. Because they yeah. they say that that um, that uh, the Catholic Church, or which some of them would refer to as the whore of Babylon, right, mm-hmm. is um, is so far in the realm of symbols and icons and and worldly power that mm-hmm. it's become idolatrous. Okay. So it, they're they're getting rid of the idolatry of images. Mm-hmm. So stained glass windows go through kind of a they go, go out of favor. Huh. And then the late night in late 18th, and early 19th century. So going up all the way into the Victorian era, we have what's called the Gothic Revival, which we've heard of probably, mm-hmm. especially if you've been to England yeah. and toured any church. Yeah. They've probably said you've probably heard somebody say, "Oh, this either the whole church or this part of the church was built in the Gothic Revival style." Yes. So it's a call back to the Gothic period, and what had happened was, especially in England, this is especially true in England. Um, that th- they look at the expression of faith and it's become so reason-focused, enlightenment-driven, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by by I mean the scientific enlightenment, right. so reason-focused and so cerebral that there's no more devotion, m- mystery, or even uh, a, a grand sense of spirituality. Ah, so, so, especially, so sort
1: of subversive in that exactly. way. Exactly.
0: So especially mm-hmm. in England, they start using stained glass as a means to uh, bring devotion and experiential encountering God back mm. into the church. Yep. So so this is uh, why sometimes we'll see a, a great cathedral in, like, say, the UK, full of stained glass that was all made in the Victorian era. Mm. It's a revival of the art form.
1: Interesting. And is it? different then or
0: i don't actually i didn't do research on that like the structure of it i would assume it's different
1: i just know and i've been been in those places just yeah and love that stuff
0: you start to see it in the in the uh academic institutions too like you go to um the libraries and stuff and they're full of stained glass because Mm -hmm. that period just became uh everyone became obsessed i will be very
1: interested to see what the stained glass looks like in that uh that chapel they're building next to your office. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. hopefully they... Will it look like that or will it look more modern?
0: I don't know. I just hope they finish it one day. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. Um,
1: so you can enjoy it in peace and quiet.
0: That's right. So I can open my window again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, so back to the Leon Cathedral. So the description I read at the beginning is a description of the Leon Cathedral and how the mm. light works with the windows. Mm-hmm. So the Leon Cathedral is famously on the Camino de Santiago, the, the pilgrimage across northern Spain, the, the Way of St. James. Mm-hmm. And um, it's one of the big cities you hit. And the Leon Cathedral has 130 separate stained glass windows. Wow. And I, I, I remember this. I remember hearing about the Leon Cathedral. Are they pretty
1: large ones?
0: They're big. Yeah. Oh
1: wow.
0: So um I remember hearing about the Leon Cathedral and all the light and everything. And it, you know, my guidebook said something about that. But first you hit Burgos, which is a big city with a massive cathedral. Enormous uh, cathedral. Wow. And I thought nothing can top this. There's yeah. no way. But it's a totally different thing. The the Burgos Cathedral is bright and light and open. When you walk into the Leon Cathedral, it's like walking into stained glass. It's mm. like it's like colored filtered light everywhere. It's a little dim, but there's plenty of light to like see by. Mm-hmm. But every bit of light is filtered through color. Wow. And it's it's um it's like three story high stained glass windows just stacked on top of each other. Oh my goodness. Whole walls are full of windows. Wow. And m- most of them are sur- in s- at least parts of each of the windows are surviving from the Gothic well, era.
1: The, didn't they Like how did they survive, like the earthquakes
0: and stuff? Yeah, so so a lot of them did didn't survive in completion. There was a massive restoration Mm -hmm. project in the nineteenth century.
1: Like you know, Lisbon had a massive earthquake.
0: Yeah, so there's been restoration over the years, but um, a lot of the pieces of the Gothic windows still remain. So they have 130 separate windows, which is only succeeded by the uh, the, only outnumbered by the cathedral at uh, Chartres. Mm which has, I think, something like 147 windows, but the Leon windows are bigger, so they actually have a greater surface area of oh, window. Oh yeah. So in Leon, in the Leon Cathedral, Leon Cathedral, the surface area is a pro- of of stained glass windows is approximately 1,800 square meters. Oh my word. Yeah, there's stained glass everywhere. Wow. And this is the one in the description at the beginning where they had intentionally uh, used the movement of the sun hmm. so that. Um, Each day, the story of Jesus is told by the movement of the light. No kidding. So at first, it comes through the the rose window above the altar that that says or that depicts the the root of Jesse. Mm -hmm. So that's like the prophecy about Jesus, and then it goes through uh, around to um, the mother and child, the the Virgin and Child, and the twelve apostles.
1: And they would have to build this, yeah. um, You know. Like a a giant weather vane or something, kind of like yeah. yeah.
0: And the the wall that doesn't get any direct sunlight is the wall where the Old Testament depictions are. So they put the Old Testament depictions in there, but they say they don't, they never knew Christ, so they didn't mm-hmm. get the direct light of His presence. Hmm. Uh, which is theologically, like we could discuss that all day long. Yes, but uh, it's an interesting idea of the way that art can be used to even subconsciously communicate theological or biblical ideas. Yeah, and it's. Uh, to me i'm i think oh wow i've always liked stained glass windows they're really cool but now i want, when i look at them i'm like oh i, want, I wonder like what the mm-hmm. light is supposed to be telling mm-hmm. me and, and i'm seeing i'm seeing the story the earthly story but coming in through behind it is the heavenly story and the mm-hmm. light of heaven and um uh, just really interesting way in which i think we can think about all of our creative work as followers of jesus mm-hmm. so anyway um that's in that's a rough history of stained glass there's lots of history out there about stained glass, I, from what I understand. So I hope, uh, hope people are, in, if they're interested enough, even just type into YouTube, History of Stained Glass. Yeah. There's some really interesting little videos.
1: Wow. That's great. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, so that's right.
1: all I got. Is it that time?
0: I think it might be that time for Books, books and, stuff. and Stuff. Great.
1: I got no books. <laughs> great. I got some comments and stuff.
0: Great. Well, I was just going to say uh you might um find some stained glass. There's plenty in our city and and kind of if you live near any larger city, there's going to be some stained glass of some era, even if it's fairly modern. Yeah. Um and there's a nice little uh like 5-minute video that you can find from Trinity Church on Wall Street. On, oh, really? Yeah, on YouTube. Trinity Church on Wall Street produced a video called 1000 Years of Stained Glass in 5 Minutes. Wow. And it's actually a really good um kind of overview of everything we just talked about, and it has some really great just visuals in it. So cool. I would encourage everyone to check out um, YouTube video, 1,000 Years of Stained Glass in Five Minutes by Trinity Church on Wall Street.
1: Well, I have a question and a couple of comments. Great. Uh, The question is, do you think that the people that are building the chapel outside your office will position the church so that the sun comes through from books one to six of the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> so, you know, like it winds so. up with the last battle. So. To <laughs> be know.
0: clear, I don't I think they are Narnia scenes. Okay. I think they are biblical scenes, or or, or even abstract scenes with, with Narnia characters. With, I think it's Narnian imagery. Like there's there's like a, I think a lion at one point and stuff like that. Oh, so they're well, not there's like, a lion of Judah, right? Yeah. There's not. They're not explicitly Narnian. I don't want it to feel like we're creating a temple of C. <laughs> C. S. Lewis well, or
1: anything. That's why I was asking. Um, <laughs> secondly, I would just say, having been to the few cathedrals that I have, which I've been to quite a few actually in England and then in Europe now. Uh, and I'll be to a few more after this next year, taking a trip over that way. Um, and, uh, I love the cathedrals. If anybody, I mean, if anybody, you know, it's neither here nor there, I would just say it is inspiring no matter Mm -hmm. what. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'd definitely go and check them out. Even, you know, some in the U.S. and Canada actually has some amazing ones, too. Yeah. More modern, but—and then, of course, the Holy Land has a, a lot of really cool ones. Um, churches, anyway, and a lot of stained glass. But uh, I would uh, also just want to highlight that we had a request uh, to do something on architecture of cathedrals.
0: Oh, case. that's right. We did, Yeah, yeah.
1: And this, I think, fulfills part of that. Yeah. Uh, request yeah. yeah so thank Almost you an very accident. Much. Yeah. yeah uh thank you very much uh our listener ian who asked for that and yeah.
0: uh our patreon supporters. our patreon yeah. we love our several, patreon supporters yes yes, yes thank yes. you all so much um,
1: we won't use all your names on the air though but anyway yes it's uh it's just uh, it's it was a good one that was t- totally enlightening and something and, i had no
0: idea enlightening
1: And lightning, yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, I think also,
0: you know, the uh, way of Saint James, the Camino de Santiago, where I came across the Cathedral of 150, uh, 500 miles. What was it? 500 miles. Wow. I think one day, Dad. I think after you retire, and we get more Patreon supporters, we should have a special Patreon supporter only. Walk across the way of St. James, looking at all the medieval history. It's incredible how much medieval church history there is over there. They made a
1: movie about that walk, and if Martin Sheen can do it, I can do it. I believe that. So there we go. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, is a wrap, and we can all kind of rest easy tonight because we've heard this. This is just, I'll be thinking about this for a long time. Great. All right. So we'll We'll be going going now.